Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to Rants, Raves, Questions, and Quotes. This is your host, Mr. Rants, and uh, as the calendar goes by, we are starting Season 6. For those of you that know how I count, which is poorly at times, this is actually our sixth month of doing these podcasts, so... We've explored a lot of ground, and we're going to continue to explore a lot of ground, Ex- continue to have uh, even more uh, interviews. Uh, I'm lining them up as we speak, and uh, we're going to be having a lot more fun. So I look forward to uh, the journey ahead, but I have to go through the preliminary precautions as always. I am not, not, capital letters, N-O-T, not a licensed theologian. I am not a licensed therapist. I am not a licensed doctor, clinician, any of that thing. I'm not a professional or anything with regards to that. So, if you get triggered, upset, oh well, you'll live. But, if you're willing to debate, talk, and express your feelings, I'm more than happy to do so. Uh, I can be reached as always at mrrants50 at gmail.com or via my blog at myrrqq.wordpress.com. We've had a lot of positive feedback from uh, the Terry interviews, and hopefully there's more to come with Terry and uh, maybe even some more surprises. So, uh, again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for sticking with me. Uh, We have grown exponentially uh, since we've switched over to the Podbean format. So, you know, yeah, we've got listeners all over the world now, uh, hundreds of downloads. I mean, I was blown away uh, with the amount of, of listenership and downloads in, in this last month. So anyway, thank you for joining us and uh, stay tuned. Okay, welcome back to the final podcast for today. Uh, I heard this on Candace Owens and I thought it was really informative. See if you can differentiate and see the parallels between the groups of the past and what's going on currently. So the Ku Klux Klansmen, what do you know about them? Probably a lot if you've read my book. At least you know their history and where they began. LOL to anyone out there who is still not aware of the fact that they were committed Democrats. And I'm going to read from my book, in case you did not read it, so that you know a little bit about their history because it is significant. I'll start on page 16. In the spring of 1866, just one year after the Civil War, a group of six Confederate war veterans met in the law office of Judge M. Thomas Jones and began the Ku Klux Klan. The group was dedicated to what would come to be defined as the Lost Cause, a post-war belief that the Confederacy's purpose was heroic and just. They began menacing black Americans and their Republican allies locally in an effort to retain white supremacy. Later that same year, looking to raise the stakes of the Klan from a local club membership to a nationally recognized organization of influence, they elected their friend, Nathan Bedford Forrest, a Democratic national delegate, to the senior position of the Ku Klux Klan Grand Wizard. Author Jack Hurst said this of Forrest. He said, 
As the Klan's first national leader, he became the Lost Cause's avenging angel, galvanizing a loose collection of boyish secret social clubs into a reactionary instrument of terror still feared today. End quote. Under forced leadership, the Klan began a proper reign of terror that consisted of midnight parades, whippings, and murders. By 1868, less than two years after their inauguration, the Ku Klux Klan had infiltrated the Democrat Party's campaign for the presidential re-election. Their efforts began in the spring, with Forrest taking meetings with racist whites throughout Atlanta to organize statewide Klan membership in Georgia. Shortly thereafter, Klansmen strategically murdered George Ashburn, a white man and Republican organizer. Forrest's friend Frank Blair Jr. was nominated as the Democrat vice presidential candidate to support New York Governor Horatio Seymour, whom they selected to be their presidential hopeful. Their campaign slogan was, Our ticket, our motto. This is a white man's country. Let white men rule. But despite their best efforts, Republican presidential nominee Ulysses S. Grant defeated Seymour and won the national election. That is not to say that the Klan's efforts were not somewhat successful. In fact, in states where they murdered the most blacks, Georgia and Louisiana, Grant lost. So today we know the Democrats make the claim that uh, they had no they had no nothing to do with the Klansmen. That is just utter nonsense and a complete lie. Okay, they were a political group. They instantly wanted political power when they formed, and they were interested in the national elections. And they kept up more or less their groups, making sure that they could amass political power for themselves. And so this article, which came out in Reason, is entitled The KKK's Push for Compulsory Schooling in a Federal Election Department. Yes, this was one of their main initiatives to make sure that they could establish a federal education department. Imagine that. Now, why would the Klansmen be interested in establishing a federal education department? It quotes historian Adam Latz as writing, Throughout the boom years of the early 1920s, every local Klan group made education reform a leading goal of its public activism. Eventually, a push for compulsory public schooling overseen by a federal cabinet agency became the linchpin of the organization's agenda. Now, why was the Klan suddenly interested in education policy? Well, first and foremost, because they were anti-Catholic. Most private schools at the time were associated with the Catholic Church, while most public schools were openly, if unofficially, Protestant. By requiring all children to attend the latter institutions, Klan members thought that they could strip Catholic parishes of an income source and reduce the Catholic hierarchy's ability to indoctrinate the next generation and secure their own right to inculcate values instead. So, of course, we understand this. We talk about this all the time. The public education system is obviously brainwashing future generations, and it's brainwashing them against their future. It's actually brainwashing them to worship government. That's what's happening today. We know that these people are not going to grow up and become productive citizens in our society. How could they? They believe that socialism can work. They think that they shouldn't have to work whatsoever and that some rich person should pay for everything that they have. That's not, that's not a plausibility. Of course, you cannot sustain a nation by saying that I'm going to do nothing and wait for the rich person to take care of me. But what happens is the rich people leave, and then you have essentially a system of the haves and the haves not, have-nots, the haves being the government and the rest of us being slaves. And yet we have kids that are coming out of university, coming out of all of these colleges, even coming out of high school, believing that it's entirely, entirely doable, right? 
The problem with America is it's horrible capitalist system. We have children coming out believing that they can pick their genders. They're going off. They're mutilating their bodies, sometimes before they even leave high school, right? Because they believe in some higher idea, a higher idea being that we're all can be whatever we want at any moment of the day. And of course, these people go off and they really just become miserable human beings that are addicted to drugs and prescriptions because they have, well, they've mutilated their bodies. This is happening because... The Democrats got control over the education system and established the Department of Education. This initiative began with the Democrats, who were the Klansmen. It was the Klansmen Democrats that wanted to see this, being able to inculcate values into children's minds. It goes on to say, the effort uh, to shutter parochial institutions altogether would soon be halted. In 1922, Oregon passed a law requiring every child to attend a local public school. Supporters, including the KKK, admitted that the aim was to drive all private schools in the state out of business. But before the law went into effect, the U.S. Supreme Court deemed it unconstitutional. Undeterred, the Klan continued pursuing its education agenda in the public sphere. Members bullied Catholic teachers and principals into vacating public school jobs. They made donations of Bibles and agitated for mandatory Protestant prayer and religion classes, and they lined up behind the National Education Association, the country's largest teachers' union, as it lobbied over more than a decade for the establishment of a federal Department of Education. And when that federal Department of Education was established, ladies and gentlemen, that is really when parents, I believe, lost control over their children. This at the same time that this was going on, once the Department of Education was established, you will see that you had feminist movements encouraging women, another wave of feminism, encouraging women to work like men. You can drop off your children at school for six hours a day. Don't worry. They'll take care of it. They'll tell them what to think. And mom, you go be just like a guy. Climb a ladder. Because if you don't, then you're giving into the patriarchy. If you don't give us your children, then you're giving into the patriarchy. Brainwash. This is, this is brainwash on the parental level so that they could brainwash the students. That's what happened. And that's what we're contending with today. It's very important to understand the roots, how we got here, because it seems like it's all happening so fast. But no, it all began very slowly. That is the truth. That is the history. And you need to know it. And that's all I have to say about that. Very interesting. They moved from a wide open group. With no fear, killing, lynching, doing whatever they wanted to do to get their way to go against other minorities and blacks. And they kind of moved into the shadows. You don't really see a lot of things on TV about the KKK anymore. They're still out there, though. They haven't gone away. Every once in a while, you'll you'll hear a little report or you'll see a little story on 60 Minutes or Nightline or something about them. But for the most part, we don't see much. Because they were in cahoots. Because they were Democrats. And they moved into the shadows. And they got stuff done behind the scenes. As Candace mentioned, they helped get into the NEA. 
the schools, teachers' union. What are they teaching our children now? They're teaching them, oh, you can be sex A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You can do whatever you want. We don't have to tell your parents. We don't have to let anybody else know if you don't want us to let them know. They're teaching them that, hey, equity, you know, everybody should be treated fairly and get the same amount. Well, see, I've used that that line at my own uh, job from time to time over the course of my life and my working experiences. If I work with somebody that makes the same amount of money that I do, and they do hardly nothing, and I'm busting my ass, why should I bust my ass to make get the job done when they're they're getting the same amount of money for doing nothing. See the dilemma because it escalates. Why should I go for the brass ring when all these other people want all the money and they want me to take care of them? Free health care. McDonald's wants workers want fifteen dollars an hour. Not because they're skilled but because they've decided that that's a life decision and a life job to, to, to work there. You know, they don't want to get anything. They don't want to learn and expand themselves and expand their minds and, and make something of themselves. Why? Why should they do that when it's owed to them? Because that's what they've been taught. They've been told that life's not fair. You should be getting what the guy across the street, your neighbor has the big house, the big cars, the big screen TVs. Well, your neighbor across the street busted his ass and worked for everything. But that's not fair. Why should they have and you not have? So, again, it causes a breakdown between the haves and have-nots. And when the haves have to give to the have-nots or the have-nots are given more because they have to reach the same level as the haves, then the haves decide, fuck it, why should I do and bust my ass because I could get the same shit for doing nothing? And again, who does that put back in in control? That means the government will take over and can control you and decide what you have and what you don't have. Been a lot of that happening in the last mm, two years. The breakdown's been happening for quite some time. But this all comes back to the government wants all the power Oh, we're going to let you stay in your house. Oh, there's a pandemic. You're going to stay in your house. You're not going to be allowed to go outside. Oh, why? Because you might kill somebody. Well, oh, you're going to wear a mask. Oh, you're going to be six feet apart. Oh, you're going to take this vaccine.
oh, you're going to be able to do this, or you're going to be able to do that, or you're not going to be able to do this, or not be able to do that. Why? Because we said so. And you're just going to like it and roll over and say, please, sir, may I have another? Which is why we have got to stand up, use our voice, use our platforms, even if they suspend us, even if they ban us, even if they kick us off of Twitter or Facebook or any of the other social media apps or shut down the podcasts or whatever, we've got to sit there and get the word out. We've got to make it known. You know, I talked to some of the people people that I know that are older, older generation. Well, what can I do? You know, we they elected this guy. They put him in the office. There's nothing we can do until they somebody elects him. Another person gets him out of there. No, you can still. There's not a lot you can do because, again, I don't advocate violence. But so you're not going to go out and start a civil war. You're not going to go out and, you know, get in fist fights with your neighbors and all that other stuff. I'm not saying that. But you make your voice heard. You can voice your displeasure. You can protest. You can have a peaceful protest. That is still a constitutional right. You still have a right to say, I don't agree with this. Like I said, with the woke culture and the offensive uh, aspect, you can be offended. I don't have to agree with your lifestyle, your personality, your beliefs, your opinions. You know, there's an old saying, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. That's why. You don't have to agree with everything that I say, as I've said many times. And I open the door and I welcome it. Email me, send me a tweet, send me a Facebook uh, message. We'll talk. I don't have a problem with debate. And we might, at the very, very least, have to come down to the point where we agree to disagree. But you have to make your voice heard. Because once we give up those rights, once they slowly take over and take over more and more and more and more, then there's nothing left except total subservience to those in the elite class. All these people that go over to these uh, climate summits, now, I'm not saying we shouldn't take care of the planet. But isn't it funny how all these elites that make millions of dollars a year, they fly over to these places in their own private jets. But yet, they're forcing us to buy an electric car or shutting down a pipeline where we could have been energy independent because... It's for the climate, they say, so you should be for the climate, right? I mean, nobody wants the earth to, to overheat and and the, the ice caps to melt and the water to rise in California and New York and the East Coast to disappear under a, a big flood. Nobody wants that. Not that I agree that that will happen, but, you know, that's that's what they tell us, right? So we have to... Reduce carbon emissions. 
we've got to do electric cars. We can't do gas cars. It's, it's bad for the environment. It's the elitist taking control and telling us what we have to do even while they don't do it. Ask the people in North Korea that have to have their hair cut a certain way, that have to have a picture of their leader in their home, that have to behave and talk and act a certain way. Meanwhile, their leaders sit there and are not starving, are not toiling away in the fields, are living life high on the hog and enjoying every minute of it. Gee, I wonder if that could happen here. Hmm. Too many of our kids these days are used to getting something for nothing. They're not used to working and getting a job and busting their ass. Why do you think there's so much unemployment right now? Because we're going to pay you to stay home during a pandemic. Now that the pandemic is almost over, according to President Biden, it'll be over in May at least until they decide something's come up and they need to extend it. But, oh, no, we're going to pay you to stay home. We're going to give you money. We're not going to let them kick you out of your house or your apartment because you couldn't pay your mortgage or your rent because you couldn't go to work because we told you to stay home because we paid you to stay home. And, uh, well, you made a certain amount of money on your job, but now you can claim unemployment. And, look, you make more money on unemployment than you do when you were working. So why should you go to work? And who do you think pays that unemployment? Who do you think pays for those people to stay home? You don't see it because you're not handing $100 out of your paycheck to the person across the street, to your neighbor across the street, but your taxes are what's paying for that. All the illegal immigration problem right now with the wide open southern border that if anybody asks, oh, nope, no problem here, nothing to see here. Well, when and if we ever do get the border closed or back to some semblance of normalcy, what do you think is going to happen to all those people that are already in country, that have already made it in, that aren't going to show up for a court date, that are out there and that are going to get forged documentation and forged paperwork? Well, now they get all the benefits that we get, unemployment, uh, licenses, insurance, doctors, health, all that shit. And who's going to be paying for it? The taxpayers. And the taxpayers are going to say, why should I pay? Why should I go out and bust my ass when so-and-so and so-and-so over across the street aren't doing anything and they have a nice house and nice cars that's been totally paid for by the government? Why should? Why can't I have that for free? But our kids are being brainwashed to believe all this shit. Used to be, and I'm not saying all of the immigrants that have come across the border lately, 
or this way. But it used to be when people came to this country and went through the immigration and, and became citizens, it was because they wanted to contribute. They were going getting away from somewhere that was unsustain, unsustainable in their own home countries, like my friend Terry. He had to leave. They were going to probably kill him, rape the female members of his family. And so he had to get they had to leave. And they sold everything they had to get and leave, get out and leave their home, their, their country to come here. But they became citizens. They opened up businesses. They got educations. They tried to make something of their life and they're making something of their lives. And they're, as you heard from Terry, they're working together as a family and living together as a family and, you know, uh, taking care of, of, of each other and making something, reaching for that, that American dream. But I was born in the United States, so I don't have a, a, a dog in this fight. But if I was an illegal immigrant or, or an immigrant that had gone through all of the necessary things and spent all the money on all the different things they have to do to become a naturalized citizen, I'd be fucking pissed that millions of people are just, hi, how you doing? Come on in. Yep, come on in. Oh, you need, uh, oh, you, you you got the mumps, the measles, chicken pox, polio, whatever. Uh, you need a doctor. Here you go. It's free. No, don't worry about it. Oh, you need a license. You need a job. Oh, oh you can uh, lay brick. Oh, okay. Uh, you can do this. Okay. Uh, you can do that. Okay. Oh, even better. Oh, you didn't have a job before. You were part of the cartels. You were part of the gangs. So you're going to come up here and, uh, you know, sell fentanyl, sell pot, sell crack, sell cocaine, sell drugs of all sorts and uh, cause more violence on the street. You know, that you supposedly left the country that you came from because of that kind of persecution. And then you're going to come up here and uh, put the persecution on us. No. The crap's got to stop. But people need to wake up. Oh, the Democrats, they're good people. The Republicans are the white supremacists. The Democrats started the KKK. Newsflash. The first person to have a slave in the United States was another African-American. They can say whatever they want. That's the truth. That's the facts. But people have to be willing to do the research and learn these things. I'm not saying slavery was good. I'm just saying that it wasn't all the white folks. The Republicans are not all racist. We are not all white supremacists that we get portrayed as. It was the Democrat Party that started the KKK. It was the Democrats that up until, you know, a certain amount of time ago, 
flipped the script, and then that's when it was made to believe that the Republicans were the racist ones and the Democrats weren't. But up until that time when the the little light switch switched, they were the ones that were causing all the trouble. And they do now. Because everybody's hoodwinked. Everybody's brainwashed. Everybody buys it. Nobody wants to do the work. Nobody wants to stand up and say, enough is enough. This is bullshit. We're going to vote these fuckers out. We're not going to support these people. Like I said earlier, you know, this country's broke, but we're still sending money to the Ukraine. We're still sending money overseas. And guess what? It's going to be the Republicans that get slammed when the government shuts down in a couple of months, if not a couple of weeks, because we don't want to print more money we don't have to raise the debt ceiling. Biden's saying, fuck it, we're not going to negotiate, we're just going to do it. You're going to do it because he knows he can say, hey, we're stuck because of the Republicans. They said they cared about you and they're not doing anything for you. Because people won't look up and see that we're spending way too much money. We don't have the money we're spending. We're overdrawn as it is. We're broke as a country and we need to put spending limitations in place. We need to get shit balanced and get spending under control. Not millions and billions of dollars to other third world countries to build walls around their borders while we do nothing for our own. Not to spend all this money buying oil and gas from Saudi and Iran and Argentina and Russia when we have the fucking shit in our own country. We should have had that pipeline done by now. It would have produced billions for us. It would have produced thousands of jobs for the American people. And we could have been selling our extras to all those people over there. The Germans, the French, the English that are sitting there having a nice cold winter because of all the shit going on between Russia and Ukraine right now. But no. No, because we just can't do it. We have got to be at whatever the hell they expect us to be. And we're going to take it and we're going to like it. And please, sir, may I have another? And the thing that kills me is, is I talk to people all the time that realize this, that say this. And then I go, okay, hey, look, when we get to the voting booth and we get to the to the midterm elections and the presidential elections, we ought to overwhelmingly rally and just fucking leave the Democrats in the dust. But somehow or another, it never fucking happens. I talk to people that swear up and down they can't stand what's going on right now, but... Yet we never fucking seem to win here of late. Why is that? If we all know we're getting screwed, why the fuck are we losing? Why? 
Why? If there's that many people out in out in the country that know that this is a bad road to go down, why are we still going down the fucking road? We had midterms. We could have taken over the House and the Senate. Then we could have put the kibosh on anything that came through. If we had gotten enough seats in the House and the Senate and, and could have taken it over, then we could have sent things to the president to sign. He could have vetoed it. And we could have officially, by the Constitution, overridden or overrode his veto and still passed it. We could have gotten these things done. We could have gotten the balance, the budget balanced. We could have gotten the the reduction of the eighty seven thousand plus extra IRS agents that are going to be auditing the fuck out of the middle and upper class. But we didn't. I thought you guys said you had enough. When is enough? What is it going to take for you to wake the fuck up and get out there, say your piece, post shit that you don't, you know, that you don't like this shit. We can't do a lot, obviously. Like I said, I don't advocate violence. I'm not saying we should start a civil war, but we have a right to speak. We have a right to say, I don't agree with this. We have a right to go to the ballot in the voting booth and say, by our actions, no, we want something different. And everybody I talk to wants something different. But here we are, status quo. So I don't know. That's one of life's little mysteries. But I am done for the night because I have done... After I upload these, it'll probably be three or four different uh, political podcasts. I usually don't do that many. I try to make it a little lighter and not be all about politics because it pisses me off. It pisses me off that I'm wearing my shirts. I'm wearing my Second Amendment gear. I go through all the legal channels. I have a concealed weapons permit. I followed all the rules. I do everything that's expected of me. I go to vote every time the polls are open. I talk to people. I get told by people in the street, thank you for wearing those shirts that say, I, I let's circle back to Trump or don't blame me, I voted for Trump. Thank you for wearing those because we're too afraid to wear them. But then you don't go vote. You don't cast your ballot. You don't show that you're tired of the shit. They can't intimidate you into voting one way or another. That's illegal. So if you're so anti what's going on right now, when that time comes to vote, put up or shut up. Do what you can civically, legally, nonviolently to promote change. And I don't care, black, white, gay, straight, trans, cis, bi, tri, whatever the fuck you want to classify yourself, identify as, I don't care. There are people in all of those communities... All of those different 
ethnicities and backgrounds and sexual identifications that know that this shit is wrong. Some of the shit that's coming down the pipe and it we need to change. And we all, regardless of those categories that we may fall under or put ourselves under, have got to pull together and say enough is a fuck enough. Because it's enough. I'm tired of going to the fucking store and paying $80 for shit that'll last me at work two weeks. When I used to be able to get it for like 30 or $40. I'm tired of every week. I've got to fill up my car at least twice a week. And it's $40 to $45 to fill up. I'm tired of every time I want to make a cake or have an omelet or whatever. I've got to pay $8 for a fucking carton of eggs. I mean, really? $8 for fucking eggs. I could get chickens and build a coop and save that money. Except the chickens would probably die because I'd be too damn lazy to fucking go out there and take care of them. I'm not a country boy. I can survive in the country, but I'm not a country boy. So animals like that, goats, cows, chickens. That's why I go to the supermarket. I'll let others raise the chickens and send the eggs to the supermarket. But they've got to get there. And they've got to get there because they have to have gas to be able to put in the trucks. And they got to have a decent price on the gas for them to fucking get the gas in the trucks to get the stuff to market for us to pay for it. I told you guys this months back that what do you think is going to happen when diesel's $8 a gallon of gas and they got to fucking drive 200 miles to deliver the shit to the supermarket? They're not going to pay for it. They're going to pass the savings along to us. It's not rocket science. When you give a group of people or a community free shit, it has to come from somewhere. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Somebody has to pay the bill. Somebody has to be held responsible for it. And again, it falls back on the people that go out and work through their taxes. And why should I go out and bust my ass at my job all day long, five days, six days, seven days a week, when the next guy can get it for nothing? Get it handed to him. Well, hell, I want some of that. I want some of the free shit. See, that's another thing. I'll leave you with this. Again, I've said before, if you have a legitimate need, 
a disability, physical health, mental health, uh, any kind of of uh, disability where you cannot work and you need the money that these government projects and and all, and all uh, provide, then God bless you. More power to you. I don't have a problem with that. But it used to be when I got out of the military and I became a civilian again and I was looking for a job in the civilian sector, I had to go on WIC because I wasn't making any money. I was in between my military job and a civilian job. Didn't have any money. So I went on one of these assisted programs to help get me things that I needed because at the time I had a wife and I had a two-year-old. So the wife and I can go hungry. Two-year-olds, not so much. They like to have milk. They like to have cereal. So that program, that WIC program, helped me during that time that I was unemployed as I transitioned from military life to civilian life. And you know what? I hated every fucking minute of it. Because even though I had paid into these programs, I had, through my taxes, through Social Security, etc., etc., I had paid into it and, 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 and all that. I hated getting on the government tit and taking money from the government and taking money out because I was a man and I'm not being sexually identifi- identifying at that, with this comment, but I was a man. I was supposed to take care of my family. I was supposed to have the job, bring home the bacon. And again, I'm not being feminist or, or sexist or, uh, you know, patriarchy or whatever. That's how I was raised. The man takes care of his family. The man goes out, gets a job and, and takes care of the bills. Now, granted, can't always be done. Sometimes both spouses have to help both times. Sometimes spouses may have to work more than one job, but regardless, I hated being on the government dole and it was only for six months. And you know what? I haven't been on it since. And I'll be damned if I'm going to go back on it again. I mean, I will if I have to because my family has to eat and survive. But it's going to have to be some really dire, dire freaking circumstances for me to sit back and do nothing and live off the government again. Six months transition from military service to civilian. That was enough. I accepted that I needed to help at the time. I took it and I kept going and I got a job and I'm good to go. And now I have my career and my money and my job and, and you know, I, my bills are paid, my needs are met, and I've been blessed. I don't want to be the guy that sits here and gets... Uncle Sam taken care of. I don't want to be be beholding to anyone. Especially the government. 
Now, I can't speak for anybody else out there but me, but this is just me. This is good old Mr. Rance. I don't want to be beholding to anybody outside. I take care of myself. I take care of my family. I take care of what's mine. And that's just the way it is. But we need to teach our kids that. We need to teach other people that. And again, I'm not talking about those that physically are unable or mentally unhealthy enough that they cannot do it. That's a whole different bailiwick, whole different ball of wax. But those that can need to do. Those that can't will make arrangements. You know, it's like Yoda said in Star Wars movies, do or do not. There is no try. Do it. Get out there and and make your living. Get your job. Take care of your family. Take care of yourself. Take care of your friends. Don't. You know what that means. Don't live off the government. But, like I said, that's just me. Anyway, damn, we've talked another 15 minutes after I said I was going to shut up and get off. So, I'm going to shut up and get off and uh i'll talk to you guys on the next one again as always feel free email me mr rants 50 at gmail.com or my blog my rrqq.wordpress.com find my link tree information that has all of the the available podcast uh platforms that has my facebook my twitter my snapchat all the other ways to uh contact me so I look forward to hearing from you. I hope I hear from people. I never have yet, other than uh, the ones that have been with me since the very beginning. So feel free. Look forward to it. Talk to you on the next one.